0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Jonah. Turn to the book of Jonah. We are finishing a four-part series on the life and the ministry of Jonah. We are going to put an exclamation point. Come on, I'm going to need some passion, some energy, some fire from you today. We are going to finish with a bang. Has this been a helpful study? Have you you learned something about yourself through the the story of Jonah? Uh, First week when we kicked this off, we talked about uh, Jonah. We saw how he ran. Jonah ran. The second week we saw how Jonah repented. Uh, last week, we saw Jonah respond. And didn't Chris Pamela bring an amazing word last Sunday? Oh, my goodness. He was on fire. So good. We saw the radical transformation last week. And so, the title of the message today is simply this. If you're taking notes, here's the title of the message. Here's how we're going to finish. We're going to talk about a pity party with a pouty prophet. Come on, somebody say pity party. Say pouty profits. Yeah, I wish, I wish that I could put a nice, neat bow on all that we've talked about over the last four weeks. I wish this had just a, a, a happy ending. How many of you like to watch movies that have happy endings? Yes, I'm a, I'm a happy ending kind of guy. If it doesn't end well, I don't even want to start it. But you know, we'll see in this last chapter, if Jonah just had three chapters, it would be awesome. But chapter four, we're going to see a prophet that's throwing his own pity party. How many of you have ever thrown your own pity party? Okay, only three of you are being honest today. (laughs) Let's just talk about how many of you have a friend (laughs) that knows how to throw a pity party? Okay. Well, let me talk. I'm not talking to you. I'm going to talk to your friend today. Okay? (laughs) Can I do that? Turn to your neighbor and say he's not talking to you. He's talking to the friend. Yeah, I I read an article. I thought here's some helpful tips. Some helpful tips on how to throw a really great pity party. Okay? I'm going to help some of you out today. How to have an amazing pity party? Uh, Start with your circumstances. Now, you don't really, you don't really need an excuse. To throw a pity party, but it helps if you blame it on your circumstances. Come on, are you with me? Start with your circumstances. I think that's a great place to really shift blame. Um, then you need to loathe and pity yourself. Uh, lots of questions like why me? Oh, why is this happening to me? Why is the universe torturing me? Uh, Why is my life so miserable? So lots of questions and lots of self-focus. Are you with me? Some of you are writing this down. Uh, (laughs) The third thing I put is crawl under your comforter. How many of you have a comforter and it's just your safe space? And if you form a cocoon where you shut out the world and you create space for your own misery. It just multiplies in a beautiful way. Um, Once you crawl under your comforter, you can bust out some sad, sappy music, preferably country music. You know, you play. I know I'm fixing to offend some people. or Some of y'all are getting mad at me right now. You know, you, you lost the truck, lost your dog, lost the trailer. You lost your wife you know they say when you play country music backwards you get your truck back the dog back the trailer back and you <laughs> is this okay babe <sighs> okay another thing to add this is how to have a great pity party uh, forget hygiene just forget hygiene you <sighs> you don't need to shower for days uh, brushing your teeth is an option You know, don't worry about changing your clothes because everything just hurts. You know, everything takes energy. Um, Reiterate that your life is harder than everybody else's. People have it hard, but listen, don't lie. You have it harder than everybody else in the world. Um, Here's a good idea. Eat your feelings. Just eat. Eat your feelings. Preferably, Ben and Jerry's is a great Ice cream is great for a pity party. Ice cream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream. Eat your feelings. Cry a lot. A lot of tears. Boxes of tissue help. I thought about this when, when the kids were little. I think this was Alexa. I, 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 maybe she was five, six, seven years old. And I had to correct her. And I could just see that bottom lip start to quiver. And she just busted out into tears. And she ran off into the other room. And so I thought, I wonder what she's doing. What do you girls do when you run out of the room crying? And so I spied on her. She was in my bathroom. She was looking at herself in the mirror. (laughs) And then she kind of, huh, huh, (laughs) huh? And then came out of the bathroom crying. Now I know what you ladies do when you run off to the other room crying. Sleep is good, too. Sleep is good. When you cry and hide and sulk and eat, then just repeat, and eventually, you're exhausted. Pity party. You know, Jonah checks a lot of these boxes, okay? We're going to see in Jonah chapter 4, we're going to see the pity party of all times. You know, the series began with a rescue mission. We were talking about reaching the one. But we're going to end this series with a message, not just for the one, but I think for the entire church. Here we go in Jonah chapter 4, starting with verse 1. The Bible says this, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. Now, Now, what's the scripture referring to here? What change of plans? Well, you'll remember we talked about last week That after Jonah was vomited up on the beach by that fish, God gave him a second chance, and Jonah went into the city of Nineveh, and he said, in 40 days, somebody say 40 days, in 40 days, destruction is coming. You will be destroyed. All you wicked, evil, vile, heathen people are going to be barbecue in 40 days. Jonah preaches the worst evangelistic message in, in history. <laughs> How many of you know there's no hope in destruction's coming? Now, now, love warns, and we'll talk about that in a second. It's important that you know God is the judge. But if you don't leave people with hope, what are their chances to receive your message? Jonah says destruction is coming in 40 days. Well, the king of Nineveh and all the citizens. They heard the message, and they took it to heart. They repented of their sins. They turned from their wicked ways. And you know what God did? He changed his mind. God said, instead of destruction, I'm going to give them mercy. What do you think? The evangelist who goes to a city and preaches God's message, he sees total transformation lives have been changed from the king down to the last citizen total revival breaks out in the city what do you think jonah's response would be Hmm. surely he would rejoice maybe just maybe they gave jonah the keys to the city Maybe, maybe they've declared that day a national holiday. Today is Jonah Day. They marched around the city and they paraded because the city was spared and Jonah rejoiced. What was Jonah's response? Look at what it says, verse 2. Jonah complained to the Lord. Mm -mm -mm. Didn't I say before I left home? Now, this this is Jonah talking to God. Didn't I say that before I left home, you would do this, Lord? I knew it. I knew you would do this. That's why I ran all the way to Tarshish. I knew that you were merciful and compassionate, God. You're slow to get angry, and you're filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me. Just kill me now. Come on, are you feeling the pity party coming? <laughs> Just kill me now, Lord. I would rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Mm-mm. Somebody say, my, my, my. Now listen, Jonah was the prophet. He gave God's message. The people received it. The city was spared. Revival is breaking out. And here this pouty prophet is throwing a pity party. The first lesson, I want to give you three thoughts, okay? I want you to write this down. History makers are note takers. Write this down. Number one, don't forget where you came from. This could be a one-point message. We could just spend the rest of it. I got 20 minutes left. We could spend all 20 minutes talking about this right here. Don't forget where you came from. Jonah, Did you forget where you were just days prior? Where was Jonah? He was in the belly of the great fish, the belly of a whale. Three days, three nights. I mean, he had no options, couldn't run. He was at a place of total dependence. You know what's amazing to me? When we're in the belly of the fish, we want mercy for us. But when we get out on the streets, we want judgment for them. Come on, somebody. You see, Jonah felt like he deserved a second chance, but he wasn't willing to give a second chance to the Ninevites. Jonah, you forgot where you came from. You know what? I'm convinced that when we forget where we came from, sometimes we go back to that same place. Man, that belly was a place of hopelessness. But now all of a sudden that Jonah received mercy and he's walking in purpose, now he's quick to judge instead of being merciful. Have you seen people, maybe you have friends, their life was a total mess. I mean, it was a, they were tore up from the floor up. Marriage was on the brink of divorce. Maybe they were battling addiction. You know, kids going crazy. Their life was in pieces. Then they come to meet Jesus in a real desperate way, in a dramatic way. And God brings healing to their lives. All of a sudden now their lives are put back together. Man, they're walking in a new space and in a new place. And somewhere along the line they get a little proud. Oh, man. And now all of a sudden, the mercy that they received, they've forgotten about because they won't give mercy to somebody else. Now all of a sudden, you know what happens when you walk down the ride of pride? You start to criticize. You you start to critique other people and other things. And, man, now all of a sudden you see things differently. Don't forget where you came from because God's mercy meets you right where you are. Uh, Don't forget those dark and difficult days where, man, you had no hope. You had no help. You didn't know where to turn. And God says, you know what? I'm going to reach down. I'm going to snatch you up out of that. I'm going to put your life back together. You see, I believe believers should be marked by two things. If you're a Christian and you're listening to this message, your life should be marked by two things. Number one, it should be marked by gratitude. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. How many of you, God, has done something in your life? God saved you. God saved your marriage. God healed your body. God gave you a sense of purpose. God restored your finances. Come on, somebody. God did something in a child or a grandchild. Man, when you've been touched by the Almighty, you ought to be marked with gratitude. Thank you, Lord, that mercy found me. I'll never forget where I was when mercy found me. Your life ought to be marked with gratitude, and it ought to be marked with mercy. Jonah forgot where he came from. Uh, Listen, if you lack gratitude and mercy, you have forgotten where you came from. How are you doing with gratitude? How are you doing with offering mercy? You see, the last time I I, I remember, the scripture says, all have sinned, not y'all have sinned. Come on, are you with me? Sometimes we walk around like, man, y'all have sinned. No, the scripture says all. In fact, the the Cajun translation says all y'all. Come on. Somebody say all y'all. That means everybody. That means you. That means God saw sin in your life. He saw you at your worst, but he gave you heaven's best. And if mercy has come to you, then it's got to flow through you. Sometimes people come broken to healing place. They, they walk through this space and they're broken. And then they, they, they receive the mercy of God. God brings healing to their life. And through worship, through a relationship, in a small group, through a message, and God brings healing. And then all of a sudden, and then uh, as they walk along, well, then, well, well, I don't know about this church. This church isn't deep enough. This church isn't deep enough. We don't go into the, the deep things of God. So they leave the place. And the space where they received their healing. They forgot where they came from. The church isn't deep enough. L- listen, I- I- people don't drown in shallow waters. If they're dr- Remember when God pulled you up out of the stuff you were drowning in? That was pretty deep. And a rescue mission will require you to get out in the deep. And so we, we can't forget where we've come from. I call this the Jonah syndrome. Okay, write that down. The Jonah syndrome. You say, Mike, what is the Jonah syndrome? When you're more interested in someone's destruction than their redemption. Oh, I knew you wouldn't like that one. It's easy for us to criticize Jonah. Oh, you pouty prophet. But then when we look in the mirror, sometimes we're infected by the same disease. The Jonah syndrome is when you want to see somebody destroyed rather than see them redeemed. And look, and politics promotes a lot of strife and division. Can I take a moment and talk about our current culture because I know we are so politically divided. And sometimes we'll jump on a political train and we would rather see this agenda totally defeated and we totally forget that this person, there's there's still a human being. There's still a, a soul. You can, you can oppose an agenda, but still love a person. Uh, That's why as people of the kingdom, we got to beware of the Jonah syndrome. Jonah knew that God was merciful. He knew that God was compassionate, slow to anger, and quick to forgive. You see, man sees sin and is quick to judge it. God sees sin, and he's so anxious to forgive it. He wants men and women to repent and turn from their sin. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah how many know God will change your plans has God changed anybody's plans (laughs) how many of you have discovered that God's plans are better than your plans Listen, I was talking last week, a doctor came, he and his wife, they're, they're both doctors, they come to this church, and he told me he was getting, uh, I was getting off of work last Sunday, and so he was in the, there's a lounge uh, for doctors, and there were several doctors that were gathered in this lounge, and the TV was on in the lounge, and it was set to Fox 44, and guess what was playing on TV last Sunday at about 9.30 in the doctor's lounge? Healing Place Church. Your service was being broadcasted in the doctor's lab. It was the message on Jonah, and he said, "Pastor, the doctors were trying to find the remote because they were wanting to change the channel." He said, "But they couldn't find it, <laughs> and the entire program played." I said, "You know what?" I said, I said, "Did you take that remote and hide it in your pocket?" How <laughs> I mean, you know? Sometimes we want to change the channel, but God's trying to change you. Come on, somebody. Don't forget where you came from. Scripture says in verse 4, the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? How many of you know that when God asks a question, it's not because he needs information, it's because you need revelation. If God ever asks you a question, I promise you, he's not in doubt. He doesn't need info, but you need revelation. Look at what it says here, verse 5. Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city, and he made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. Watch it. Jonah's still holding out hope that the Ninevites are going to be destroyed. He's wanting to see the barbecue. Let it rain down fire. Maybe, just maybe. So he goes outside the city and waits to see what would happen. Verse 6. And the Lord arranged. Watch this. Everybody say arranged. The Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased Jonah's discomfort and he was very grateful for the plant. Verse 7, but God also arranged for a worm. Some might say arranged. God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. <laughs> And as the sun grew hot, God arranged. Somebody say, arranged. He arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and he wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Can you see what's happening here? Notice three times in this passage, God arranged. What did he arrange? He arranged the plant. He arranged for the sun. He arranged for the worm. He arranged for a scorching east wind. And I love the narrative here because it tells me that God is in full control all the time. Can I tell you what's happening? It's a setup. It's a setup. Some of you are walking through circumstances right now and God has arranged it. Why? Because Jonah needed to learn something. God's trying to teach Jonah something. Can I tell you this? God will use circumstances to teach us. Maybe you don't like your circumstances, but I think the prayer should be, Lord, teach me what you want me to know. We're so busy trying to change our circumstances, God's saying, no, 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 I want to change you. I want to change you. This is how I've arranged some things because I want to teach you some things. Now, look at what God says in verse 9. Then God said to Jonah, another question, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. (sighs) Jonah, whoa, bro, dial it back a little bit. You see, the, the, the first thing is so important. Don't forget where you came from. But the second thing is equally important. Number two, when you make life all about you, your world becomes very small. Your world is so small. J- Jonah, <laughs> in this, Jonah becomes the me monster. Just me, 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 me. How is this going to make me look? Look. I reported that in 40 days, they would be destroyed. And now look at what you've done. You've messed me up. What are they going to think about me? I'm the prophet. Man, what's this going to look like on my resume? Who's going to trust me if my words don't come true? It's about himself. Me, 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 me. What about me? Enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? And Jonah's, do you see how he's lost perspective? A whole city is saved and he's more concerned about a plant the plant that it was shading him providing him some comfort and the worm eats through the plant and the sun beats down on his head and here comes this scorching wind and now he's just so concerned about yes it's right for me to be upset with you God. look what you did to this plant and jonah is prioritizing a plant over a person What is it that matters most to God? People. People matter to God. Thank God for the plants. I mean, save Mother Earth. we got to take care of the earth, but we're going to treat people like dirt. Mm, oh, oh, you don't want to hear what I'm about to say. The people who are made in the image of God, oh, you can talk to them however you want, but we got to save the whales, save the sea lions. And and God bless the fish and and the sea lions and and the trees. But we'll, we'll, we'll go on a crusade to save the earth, but then say it's okay to destroy a life inside of a mother's belly. I'm not seeing it. You see what happens? You lose perspective and your world gets really small when you're all about yourself. Mm, 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 mm. You know, your vibe will attract your tribe. Your vibe will attract your tribe. Let me say it this way. Selfishness attracts selfishness. Generosity attracts generosity. A spirit of serving will attract servants. You know, selfishness will shrink your world, but compassion will expand your world. Your world gets larger when you think about somebody other than yourself. And see, I feel like this is a message not just for Jonah, but for the church. Number one, don't forget where you came from. And number two, don't get stuck on yourself. We don't come to church for our needs to be met. We come to church for us to be filled up to serve a hurting world. You say, well, well you know, that's just, this world's filled with so many problems. That's, that's their problem. That's their problem. Listen, if you're a Christian You don't get to say that. Please, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, stop buying the lie that that's their problem. No, no, no. It's our responsibility. God's put us as a church in this broken and messed up world to be a solution to the problems of mankind. You can't just dismiss it and say, well, that's on them. Please don't call yourself a follower of Christ if you believe that. Because we are our brother's keeper. God's placed us in communities and and at workplaces and at schools to care for others, to notice people in their pain. You see, I I, I don't think the Ninevites were the only ones who needed saving. I think Jonah needed to be saved from himself. How many of you know sometimes God will save you from your sin, but he also needs to save you from yourself? Are you catching this today? Let me wrap this up. Verse 10, then the Lord said to Jonah, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Again, God is asking Jonah some probing questions it's a great city 120,000 people and yet you're caught up in the welfare of a plant that you had nothing to do with last thing let me let me give you this last thought I have to explain this but I just believe that birthday parties are, are better than pity parties I think birthday parties are better than pity parties you say, Mike, what are you, what are you talking about here? Birthday. Today is, what is today? November the 7th. Who's got a birthday today? Any, any, anybody in the house with a birthday? Any birthdays? Nobody was born on. We do. We have one. We had a birthday up here at the very top. Come on. Up in the top raised seating right there. Come on. Put your hands together. Show your love. Birthday boy. Dude, thank you for celebrating your birthday with us. I think somebody needs to put some cash in his hands. Earl Rents, where are you? He needs $100 on his way out of church today. Why, why are birthdays more important? Birthday parties more important than pity parties. Why do I say birthday? Okay, because we, we talk about being born again. Okay, watch, watch this. Three most important days of your life. The day you were born, happy birthday, November 7th. The day you were born, the day you're born again, and the day you realize what you were born to do. See what I'm saying? And see, what, what God had told Jonah, this is a great city, 120,000 people. And revival has come to this city. Born again, is, it symbolizes spiritual birth. John chapter 3 talks about that. Jonah struggled to see what God saw in Nineveh. Can I tell you this? God sees hope in every city. Hope in every city. City, do you know God has placed us in this community right here? He's placed us in the Baton Rouge metropolitan area. We're here. Some days I wonder how I got here. You ever been on vacation, traveled another spot, and you're like, wow, the weather here is so nice. Streets are so clean. Schools so well kept. And you wonder why you live in Baton Rouge. Anybody ever had that? And you're on vacation and you're thinking, what would it be like to live here? You can think of 100,000 other places to live. And you're like, why am I living? It's so hot. Traffic is terrible. Mosquitoes are huge. This is miserable. You know, I'm not sure that I would have chosen Baton Rouge, but I know that God chose this city for me. God placed me here for a reason, for a season, and for a soul. And it'd be easy to complain about my city. Come on now, Jonah. Where you at, Jonah? Where you at? That Jonah syndrome. It'd be easy for me to complain about everything that's wrong with my community, but God has placed me here for such a time as this. And have you ever considered that the source of your frustration might be the seed of your inspiration. The things that frustrate you about where you live. I love what Nancy Alcorn told us a couple weeks ago. She said, pay attention to what makes you angry. It may be the very place where God is calling you to get involved. What is it that bothers you? That may be the Holy Ghost saying, hey, I placed you here for a reason, for a season, for a soul. I was reminded this morning was as I was driving to church I passed by a woman's hospital all the time woman's hospital it's called the birthing center of Baton Rouge how many of you either you your children or your grandkids were born in woman's hospital that's a lot of us okay that's a lot all three of my kids were born in woman's hospital my wife was born in woman's hospital every year approximately 7,817 babies will be born in woman's hospital. And when I drove by that hospital this week, I thought, Lord, would you let Healing Place Church be a birthing center? I'm talking about men and women who are born again. They come to our church not to just go through the motions and hear some great music and listen to a message and, oh, that was great, let's go eat lunch. But they step into a zone, a space, a place of transformation. And the mercy of God that was poured out in a city of 120,000 people. Lord, would you pour out your mercy upon this community, and would you use Healing Place Church to be a place where new life begins for people? Why? Because a birthday party is way more fun than a pity party. And my challenge to all of us today is this, what you want to celebrate, what you want to sell? You, you want to just sulk and pout and, and meant self-pity? You know the prodigal son? Remember the story of the prodigal son? That older brother, a whole lot like Jonah. In fact, those two stories are parallel. That older brother couldn't celebrate when the prodigal came home. He was so consumed with himself. God's saying, no, 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 no. Don't have a pity party. Celebrate a birthday party. You receive that today? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.